Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to The Trader, a traitor's podcast. My name's Matthew. I'm a writer working in TV development, and I am a handy faithful. The Trader features deep dives into every episode of the multi-award winning hit TV competition series, The Traitors, as well as interviews with contestants from the shows. This season of the podcast is dedicated to The Traitors Australia Season 2. And today I'll be exploring episode four with a returning guest co-host. Before we meet him, it's time for some traitors updates in an Edinburgh special edition of TT News. As previously reported, the Edinburgh TV Festival has been taking place here in Scotland. And since I couldn't afford the £1,000 price tag for a pass, I'm not kidding, I've had to source news elsewhere. Firstly, various members of the team behind the Traitors UK, including a BBC editor and the IDTV creative director, formed a panel for the Under the Hood of a Hit Format panel at the festival. During the event, they revealed some fascinating behind-the-scenes info about the making of the show, including this. Studio Lambert were so clever because we wanted so little producer interference that, you know, they put things in place, like the gong of the clock to tell you that it was time to go home, or the fire would be burning when you came back from the task, so you knew that the round table was coming. So even the time signifiers were done in situ rather than a producer coming and going, right guys, be ready, this next thing is coming. There was none of that. I think both, both of the hosts, meaning Claudia Winkleman and Alan Cumming, are brilliant and they really took to it. But the main production note we gave them was to be quiet. Hosts are used to talking all the time and it's actually a game where the host has to shut up a lot of the time, particularly at the round table. 
Just that walking around that they both do, keeping quiet, it all adds to the drama and it adds to their authority and their power as well. It keeps it really authentic. Although this event was a little beyond my reach, I'm hoping to be able to speak to someone from the Traitors team soon via other means. Fingers crossed, and hopefully more on that to come. As well as the panel, the festival also hosts its Edinburgh TV Awards, and there was great news for the Traitors, winning Best Entertainment Series. Winners from Studio Lambert said... Who knew a show that involved Claudia creeping around in some red gloves, followed by people in green cloaks, would have been such a success? When we were filming it at three in the morning, we weren't sure if we'd gone completely mad or were making something special. Additionally, although not strictly for the traitors, the host Claudia Winkleman was also awarded, winning the Outstanding Achievement Award for her various successes, particularly in the last year or so. You can see a picture of Claudia with her award on our social media, and you can watch a video of the Studio Lambert team speaking on the Edinburgh TV Festival X page. It's now time to meet my co-host, who's going to help me explore episode four of The Traitors Australia season two. I'm joined by returning co-host Alan Brandt. Alan is an award-winning scare actor, avid yoga enthusiast, and long-time weightlifting fanatic. He's a huge fan of The Traitors and has been a faithful listener for a while now, as well as a contributor. He's also the guardian of a very special doll who possibly has a bigger following than some actual humans. Alan, welcome back to The Trader. How are you today? I'm great, Matthew. How are you doing today? I'm really good. Uh, I'm really glad that you're back. I'm really excited to talk about this episode because uh, it's a good one, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Mm -hmm. What do you you think of the season so far? Traitors Australia season two. How's it going? Oh, I am really loving it. Um, I think it's probably... It might... The way it's going, it feels like it might even top their first season. Uh, that's pretty hard to do uh so yeah i'm really enjoying that this this uh season um a few of my favorites are gone um i'm not happy about it but and the cast is yeah it's fantastic it is fantastic as i was going to ask you about your favorites who you said some of your favorites have gone already who would that be um ash yes i absolutely love ash can't believe it oh yes i'm like no <laughs> she's gone oh i'm so heartbroken but yeah. yes i mean i, I imagine um, it might be quite intimidating at times to be around ash but she was such great tv such good yes. personality oh yeah what, i love that what about uh, from the remaining players who are you enjoying who's left um well i um i think the um Annabelle, yes, I, I think she's going to be perfect for season four of Drag Race Went Down Under. Um, <laughs> yes, Roja is is, is exter- Roja is hysterical, and yeah. um, I actually like Luke. I didn't expect to like Luke, yeah, um, initially, but yeah, I'm actually really liking him a lot. So he's really good. Me, I feel the same way, and we're probably going to talk about Luke a fair bit in this episode. 
Now, before we start talking about episode four in detail, we're going to get ready for our game on the podcast. We're going to play the Trader Traitor. So, Alan, we've played this before, but I'm going to yes. give you the rules again. So our goal from here on in is to tell one undetected lie to one another. Our lie can be big or small. It could be about the traitors, can be about ourselves or anything else, as long as it is a complete fabrication and we're trying to trick the other person into believing it's true. We're looking for fake facts, though, rather than fake opinions. For example, you could tell me that when Ash left in the last episode, there is a shot of her kicking the door on her way out and swearing. However, you can't tell me that you think or feel that Ash shouldn't have been kicked out of the competition when actually you're glad she's gone. That would be a fake opinion. Are you ready to play the traitor traitor and try to betray me, Alan? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Good. In that case, let's do it. Let's talk about episode four of The Traitors Australia, season two. So we start as we always start. We've got a little bit of a recap. What happened in episode three that was important? We're reminded that, well, two faithfuls were banished in a row. The first two people banished were Corinne and then Guyton. And then in the last episode, we had this huge conflict between two traitors. Sam, it was Sam versus Ash. Uh, and it was yeah. very tense, uh, which culminated in a big confrontation at the banishment room. And like you said a little bit earlier, we saw Ash banished. Can't believe it. Can't believe such a big character is out already. And therefore, we're left with 15 faithfuls, two traitors, and the remaining two traitors, Blake and Sam, were faced with a decision. They were either going to recruit someone new or murder. Uh, at, at that point, Alan, what 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 would you have done at this point? Would you have tried to recruit someone new or would you have gone ahead and killed someone else? Um, I would have recruited. Oh. And I think I would have recruited someone who the faithful would not get rid of at all whatsoever so yeah. I, I was thinking maybe like um paul or um is it what's her name uh the the federal eight former federal agent uh camille camille yes that's right camille um even gloria i know that sounds kind of you know out of left field but even her too so i think i think yeah I'm picking someone who no one would ever kick out. I think would have been my idea. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So uh, at breakfast then, uh, immediately the first thing I notice here is how long this episode is. So this is like a one hour, eight minute episode, but which makes me really excited. Uh, yeah. Because the, the episode lengths change. The, I think the last one was, or the, the previous one was like 45 minutes or so, something like that. Um, mm -hmm. But when I see the long run time of this, it makes me think either something really, really exciting is going to happen or there's some new element in this episode and that does end up being the case, which we're going to talk yeah. about. So that caught my attention straight away. Uh, but at breakfast, uh, Gloria arrives first. She's followed by Camille. 
They're both on a high. They've not been murdered. They're back. And obviously, they, they caught a traitor at the last banishment. So we are sad about Ash going, but they're not sad about Ash going. Um, not one bit. Yes. But what's funny is Camille says, now it's great because now we found people we can trust. Um, and little does she know that probably the person she thinks she can trust, Sam, the, the traitor hunter, in air quotes, is the person that they should not be trusting at all. Cut to Sam literally dancing down the stairs. Like the the I mean he's he's great TV, but the mm-hmm. cockiness is, is just unreal. And I just keep yeah, thinking, right. pride comes before a fall, Sam. Like you need to stop. Don't dance down the stairs. Oh, uh, and what then, do you think I, about then, Sam? Well, Sam, yes. Okay, to be honest, he reminds me of a few exes I had in my twenties. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, he is great television. Um, but yeah, I'm afraid. I'm thinking, yeah, your head's gonna get it's getting a little bit big. Eventually, something's gonna happen to you. Yeah, and yeah, but enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy it, Sam. Yeah, and we'll we'll probably keep coming back to this throughout this episode. I imagine the the <laughs> the, the ego of Sam. That you know, but you know what? If it's not his downfall, he's he's either gonna it's either gonna be his downfall or he's gonna win. I think it's, it's yeah. going to be one of those. Um, so, in, in fact, Camille, as soon as Sam comes in, Camille says to him, she even calls him Sammy. He's like her little her little friend, her little bestie. Sammy, I trust your judgment. Um, and she asks, do you think a traitor voted with us? Um, I I wondered for a minute, Does is Camille completely fooling us? Like, does she, Is it possible she actually doesn't trust Sam and she thinks he's a traitor? And she's just bluffing, but I I don't think I don't know if she's that good an actress. That's me just theorizing. Well, and I was thinking because she's a former federal agent, so maybe she had to go undercover a few times and pretend to be someone completely different. So maybe she's just saying all this in front of everyone, and then even in, in her interviews, um, she's doing it too, kind of bluffing everybody. Could be, could be. Um, I would yeah. love it if she was. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If at some point she just turns around and is like, I've been lying this whole time. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Uh, Liam arrives quite soon and he's wearing his shield very proudly because he won the shield in the last episode. And he, he also says he trusts Sam so much that he would put his house on it. And like my head is in my hands just going, no, you've all been fooled. Stop. Yeah. Uh, it also makes me think, and I really like Liam, but it makes me think, you're not going to win this show. No. <laughs> I, I can't see it. No. Uh, and actually, we got we get a little bit of his backstory at this point. We find out he's an apprentice electrician, although it does say he's been training for three years. And it reminds me of season one when Marielle was in it, and Marielle was um she was a tra- she was training in law, but it was her seventh year, and so this reminded me of that, and I thought. In Australia, does everything just take like a really long time? Like three years and he's still an apprentice. That's Yeah, I was thinking the same thing too. Yeah. I'm like, three years. Okay, all right. Is there yeah. something more things in yeah. Are there, more, it... are there different wire, wires that we don't know if you're in the US? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe electrics in Australia are like incredibly complicated. <laughs> they have some like wild system. Who knows? <laughs> or maybe maybe Liam's just like struggling a bit and it shouldn't take three years, but it's taken. In. I'm not trying to shade Liam. I'm just, it's just a thought. It's just a theory. Um, I do like so. Liam. Uh, so 
everyone is at the table. So everyone who is at the table so far seems to really openly trust Sam because they're all talking about their theories very freely in front of him. No one's been cagey or anything. Yeah. Roha arrives. You mentioned Roha a little bit earlier. He arrives looking like a Kylie Minogue backing dancer. It's fabulous. I am quite quite obsessed with it. Uh, also, a bit like um, he's got this sort of black like cat suit on, but the gloves are built in, which makes yeah. me think of like Kim Kardashian at the Met Gala with the whole black from head to toe. Yes, I remember that one. <laughs> yes, I remember that. It's very that giving me that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everyone continues saying, you know, oh wow. I can't believe Ash came at you so hard last night, Sam. It's that's just crazy. But then Luke, thank God, seems to see sense. He seems to be the only one who's noticing how strange this all is. And he speaks in his interview and he realizes Sam thinks that he has everyone in his pocket. Well, Sam kind of does have everyone in his pocket. Yeah. Uh, and he says he he just it's not even like a theory for Luke. He's saying it as if it's fact. And and it is. It's really impressive. He says Sam has burned another traitor to make himself look like a faithful. So at this point, I like you thought. I really like this guy. Like, yeah. I, and I don't know Luke from Australian Survivor, so I had no idea who he was before this. But my first impression was maybe he would yeah be a bit of a a show off or quite irritating. But actually, I think he seems really cool. What what do you like about Luke? Well, uh, what about like, uh, Lucas? I, he's um, been on Australian Survivor twice, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, regular and then All Stars, and I think probably because he was out in the jungle many times, he's probably had to deal with some people like Sam, who says one thing but you know completely two faced the other way. So he's probably kind of picking that up pretty fast after doing those two seasons and going like, "You're a traitor." Um, yeah, yeah, uh, that's like so. I kind of like that, like that he kind of picked it up right away. So, and he seems, even though he looks like a dude, bro, kind of cocky <laughs> kind of guy, he's very smart and very funny too. And yeah, I really do like it. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> and obviously, really perceptive and quite sensitive to how people are behaving. Uh, so he's he's really interesting. And of course, mm-hmm. it's not just Luke. It's Annabelle is in this with him. She also seems to have figured it out that something is not right with Sam. And we sort of saw that in the last episode, the two of them pairing off and saying, isn't it really weird how Sam's going so hard for Ash? And, and Annabelle even said in episode three, if Ash goes tonight and she's a traitor, that makes me so suspicious of Sam. So they're, they're still sticking to this theory. And it's just so funny as a viewer because you want to reach into the TV and be like, "Yes, you're right. Like, don't change your mind. You've got mm-hmm. it." But you you just have to hope that they they stick to their their guns. Yeah, I think I think that, you know since she's watched you know since she said in her, the first episode she's watched every English speaking traders and listened to many ep- uh, podcasts. This one I'm, I'm assuming included. <laughs> uh, that she probably is very adept into kind of picking up little nuances and picking up little things and you know having luke kind of a, a kind of agreeing with her kind of solidifies that yeah yeah for the first time i feel like in this episode we 
we find out a bit more about Ian. Ian seems to have been given a fairly background edit so far, but he starts to get some focus because his name was mentioned yesterday at the banishment room and he's quite concerned about it. And then we see his backstory. His his VT is epic. He is this fabulous <laughs> content creator. There are wigs, there are accessories, there are wild outfits. He looks like he's this really energetic performer. And he's in fighting mode. He's like determined that he's going to survive. Um, what do you think about Ian, Alan? Oh, I love him. He's just fabulous. He's very fun. Um, I love his flamboyancy. <laughs> and um, I'm glad we're seeing it now because he has been really, really quiet. I know he's probably just kind of sitting back and observing. But yeah, I, I love He seems like such a cuddly warm person too uh, he's a cool guy so yeah yeah, uh, yeah. It makes me think i would probably if i was there and i was a contestant i think i would warm to ian and want to be around him he seems like good fun <laughs> simone arrives next which means that paul is either murdered or he's still going to walk in and if he's still going to walk in that means no one's gone and therefore there was a recruitment and Annabelle, super fan Annabelle points this out immediately as soon as Simone comes in and people start going oh no it's Paul, it's Paul, she's like wait a minute there may be a recruitment, he might still be coming and moments later there's a silhouette behind the door because they have this sort of glass pane in the door and you can see that there's someone there I'm not being funny right, I because I love Roger so much. I mm -hmm. recognise Roger's silhouette. I was like, that's Roger. That's not Paul. I mean, maybe because yeah. you could see hair. So I was like, well, Paul doesn't have hair. So maybe that was the giveaway. But I was like, no, no, Paul's gone. Yeah. And sure enough, the door opens. It's handsome Roger. And it's not Paul. Yeah. So we get a little flashback to the traitors talking about it. They felt like they didn't need help at this point. They didn't really need to recruit. And that they thought that basically Paul was better better off being gone. Why do you think they chose Paul to get rid of? I, I wasn't surprised. Uh, I thought they would have gotten rid of him even sooner. But why do you think they, they went for him? I think the reason why they got rid of Paul is that um, everybody's relying on him. He's And he, I think and he was doing a really good job kind of sussing out people who he thinks are traitors. And I don't think that anyone would ever have him banished because he is a very good player. And I know people would listen to him a lot. Yeah. That's why I would have recruited him, but that would be <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. That would have made sense too. But yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. He's, he's likable. He seems like a sort of natural leader, which as traitors, you don't want someone to lead the rest. You want the faithful to just be in chaos all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, there is one theory that my partner Mark thought of. He he's knows it throughout all of the episodes of the Traders that with with the men, if they are seen in their little thing shirtless or with, <laughs> or wearing a tank top, uh, they're either they're they're gone. They're gone. <laughs> and the funny thing is, thinking back on it, he's right. <laughs> So. Yeah, I'm, think, I'm thinking back. Uh, we had um, Ethan in season one of Australia, who was very handsome, big buff guy, gone in episode two. In UK, we had a character called Matt. A character, he is a real person. Matt, 
was also like quite a young, really good looking guy. And there was a, there were shots of him like getting in the bath. Mm-hmm. Matt didn't make it too far. Mate, yeah, yeah, I like this theory. I like a weird niche theory. Um, I'm going to keep looking out for this now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is funny. So Paul, Paul's gone, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And Roger arrives. He congratulates them on finding a traitor last night. And he does what he, he always does. He gives them a little clue about their mission. He says that something might blow up in their face. I, I noticed here there's there's already so many classic shots of Liam just looking clueless about stuff that throughout not just this episode but in, in other episodes like Liam just looking mm-hmm. confused and like very dazed. <laughs> it's it makes me laugh. He's very sweet, but they figure out surely Roger's clue means there's going to be some sort of explosives, right? Annabelle's not happy. She says she's very jumpy. She's not looking forward to whatever this is. And we move on. We move to the cars. We're heading to the mission. And in the cars, again, Ian's name is being floated around. Lots of people, and I don't really know why, but lots of people seem to suspect Ian. Luke, even Luke does this in his car. He throws Ian's name out there. But it's it feels like it's not genuine. He's in the car with Sam, I think he just wants to see how Sam will react to that. And and Sam does go, Sam's like, yeah, yeah, Ian. And he goes along with it, predictably. Well, I, I, I actually, after having watched the whole episode, I don't really know why so many people are suspecting Ian, other than that they think he's not particularly strategic, like he doesn't talk gameplay all the time. I mean, do you, do, did you notice anything about why they all go for him? I just thought because he was just quiet yeah. and not uh, yeah, participating in conversations as much. And I'm like, well, it kind of happens with a lot of, you know, a lot of other traders where seasons where they, a lot of people just, they don't talk much. They're just kind of soaking it all in and listening. Um, I, I might've been, might be me if I happened to be on the traders, yeah. if I w- was a faithful, um, but yeah, that, that's what I think. Yeah. But, I, I never got any inkling that he's a traitor, ever. Yeah. But, yeah. It just reiterates how difficult it is to be a faithful because you have such a fine line to tread. If you are quiet like this and you're very much in the background and you maybe don't theorize lots, people find that suspicious. It reminds me a little bit of Ryan in the UK traitors, who was similarly very quiet, and people thought that that was odd and they didn't like it but then on the other hand if you're outspoken and you're loud and you want to catch the traitors you're seen as a traitor hunter and you're a target and the traitors want rid of you so you have to really just stay somewhere in the middle it's it's so difficult luke then reiterates though that he and annabelle are working together and actually what they really want is not to get rid of ian at all they want to try and get rid of sam tonight we arrive at the silver mission we suddenly were in World War Two. We've travelled back in time. We're on some sort of uh, trenchy battlefield, like a no man's land. Now, I'm gonna. I just. I can't help but say this, right? I know I shouldn't objectify anyone. I shouldn't objectify Roger. That would be wrong and inappropriate. But he's looking great here. Someone sent me a picture of Roger in this mission before I'd even watched the episode. It's just like Roger's wearing some very form-fitting trousers or pants, as you would say. Um, and I'm not complaining about it. That's all. Oh, yeah. Uh, we made a comment <laughs> when we were watching. Like, 
that reminds me when uh, we talked about um, Aaron and Aaron's trousers in uh, UK. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. and that, that's actually when four people, four there's four winners. You know, Aaron and Aaron's trousers is. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if the wardrobe department are like, Roger, we need we need ratings. Can you wear the tight trousers? Can you do it for the gays? Yes. He's like, Duh. <laughs> yeah, I bet Roger doesn't mind. And yeah. there's return of the what looks like the season two bomber jacket, which is very nice too. Mm-hmm. He's he's giving us Tom Cruise. Uh, so the mission is I the mission is this true false landmine challenge. There's all these landmines in a field and they all have statements printed around them that are either true or false. I This is going to be shocking because I always complain about the missions. I thought this was a really cool mission. I liked it. What's going on? I'm being positive about a mission. Uh, what, did, what Did you like this? What did you think? I loved it. I want to do it. That yeah. looks like fun. It looks kind of like, a, some, like one of those. I don't know if they have that in the UK. Uh, the Tough Mudder. Yes, I've written the yeah, exact same thing down. Yeah, that's what I thought. It reminded me of. Yeah, and it, and similarly, <laughs> I I wrote down. Um, it reminds me of Tough Mudder, and then I thought, do they have Tough Mudder in the states? Well, Alan know what I'm talking about, so that's good. <laughs> we both have it. Uh, yeah, it's I I like the mission because it's kind of connected because it has the statements about things in the game. I like that it creates like a little bit of discussion. And they have mm-hmm. to really actually think logically about some. It's not. It's not purely physical and mindless. There's actually a little bit of strategy involved, and some of the statements make them question one another. So I thought it was cool, and the and the explosions yeah. are fun. I guess uh, Sarah is worried about the mission because she thinks it's going to be very physical, which it is. I'm I'm low key quite loving Sarah now. By the way, I, like she's quite awkward. But I feel like I relate to that. <laughs> so, Sarah, I've, I've really come round to her. Uh, what are your thoughts on Sarah? I like her too. I can relate to awkwardness, even though this exterior it looks, you know, muscly. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a nerdy dude. <laughs> I'm very awkward nerdy dude. Uh, but yeah, I really do like Sarah a lot. So she's really making me smile when I see her on, on TV. Yeah, me too. I like I like some of her her lines that she comes out with. She's sweet. Um, Camille though, Camille is all in. She says that she's used to this kind of thing from her police training. Although I did sort of think, did didn't you? Surely you did your training like twenty years ago one time. <laughs> do you retrain a lot? Like, do you how regularly do you do this? But she's excited anyway. Yeah. And Roger reveals that there will be no armory today. He says instead they'll do a separate shield mission, just like they did in series one. I am so happy. I've spoken about this so many times. I don't want to bang on about it, but I kind of hate the armory. Uh, I I prefer that they just do a mission in front of everyone and everyone knows who's got the shield. Um, you mentioned Annabelle earlier and you said that she talked about listening to podcasts. If you go on the podcast uh, it's not Twitter anymore. It's X, uh, which is at uh, at the Tradar Pod. Annabelle's been commenting on uh, one of my tweets or posts, as it's called now. Uh, so Annabelle's been interacting because I was uh, bitching about <laughs> bitching about the the armory, and she was disagreeing with me in a very friendly way. Uh, I before I go on another diatribe about 
the armory. Um, do you have any thoughts on it, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> um, I am very happy that they are doing an actual shield challenge in front of everybody instead of like, hey, let's go into the armory and don't tell anyone who we who you choose. And like, if you get the shield, I'm like, I hate it. Um, but but I, I I want people to know. But but now we'll get to that. I'll I'll, I'll talk a little more once we get to that part. But okay. Um. But yeah, I'm 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 really happy that they're um doing out and open shield challenge. Yeah, as am I. Mm-hmm. And I just want I'm just going. I can't help myself. I have to talk a little bit about it. I'm just going to clarify. Mm-hmm. It's it's not that I don't like the faithful strategy that they decide as a group, let's not tell anyone who got it. Like That's very clever. And again, I've said this before, if I was a faithful, I would be doing the same thing. If I was playing the game, I would be like, yes, please, let's not tell anyone who got it. Like That's smart. That's And it's good that the faithfuls are doing something to protect themselves. My issue is just that it, it feels, the armory just feels pointless. It feels like I guess maybe I just like rules, right? I just like people doing what they're told. I used to be a teacher, okay? So it makes it bothers me that production have gone to the bother of creating this whole entire room and they've got a system where everyone goes in one by one and you open a box and there's literally a shield inside it and it's for one person. So it feels like all that effort's gone into that just for the players, quite rightly, to figure out a way around it so I sort of think, well, if the players have figured out a loophole that makes it all redundant, what, just stop doing it. Just don't keep doing something that you know no one's going to pay attention to. And again, it just annoys me in terms of editing that once they go to the armory, it's just never mentioned again. No one talks about it for the rest of the episode. So I just feel sort of in terms of narrative, it doesn't go anywhere. So it's frustrating that we spend so much time watching them get the shield and then we just don't ever, like Roger doesn't talk about it. The traitors don't talk about it. Okay, I've gone too far. I'm going to stop. Well, I was going to say this. (laughs) I think the best way they would do, how they would do the shield challenge, um, get the shield in the armory. And then once they get to the round table, they, you know, they have, they write down who they are, you know, voting out. And then Roger says, before we start, who has the shield and so then that person will have to put it on them and then so everyone will know that that person's gonna sleep um that night and so then everyone knows they're who have who, who's safe from getting murdered i, I that's what i yeah. think would be kind of a good idea to do but, yeah just so there was some conclusion to the shield or or even if Ro- i wouldn't mind as much even if roger said um, the person with the shield may now stand up and reveal who they are, and they could still choose not to, but at least it would just be referenced again. That, that's all. So, but anyway, I've, we've now spoken so much about the armory. Um, and I've forgotten they were they had a mission to do, so they began yes. their mission. The mission looks. I don't. Maybe you're into this sort of thing, Alan, because you're you're very into sort of fitness. Um, I, I just think it looks hideous. Like I mean, it's fun. I love it to watch it. But I, if I was there and I had to do it, I'd be so annoyed. Um, just like crawling through mud and stuff. And also, that barbed wire looks real. Like I think that's real barbed wire. I'd be so annoyed if I was going to get cut on that. Um, 
So they have these various statements around these landmines. Things like, Gloria has a twin sister. Three players have won a shield. One player is a World Series poker champion. Someone has played this game before. One player has never entered the armory. And they, the players in pairs, they have to decide which ones they think are true. If the statement's true, they'll win a silver bar. If it's false, it will explode in their faces in a very dramatic fashion. Um, Keith and Blake are paired up. And they, firstly, they go for this, the one that says the statement about three players have won the shield, which you would think is right. Even even when I was watching it, I thought, oh yeah, yeah, they've got that right. We've had three armories. But it explodes because, of course, there's a bit of a trick. Simone won it twice, which no one knows. So only two people have won it, Simone and Liam. Uh Ian, Ian sees the explosion the first time and he's just like, I'm out, I'm not doing this. He's not here for it at all. Red team win their first silver bar. But then, it, then, then straight away it's Ian's turn and he does a complete 180. He's mega into it. He's like, do you know what? Yep. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So I applaud him for that. He goes for it. Um, one of the statements that's on the landmines is Traitor's Tower has a bearskin rug. And I... I quite I like that. I thought that was clever because no one's gonna want to admit. Obviously, if they know that, and the traitors are gonna have to pretend they've got no idea. But I just wondered. It, I still thought it was quite clever because a traitor might they want silver too, so they're not gonna admit they're a traitor and go, "Yeah, that's right." But they might pretend to guess. They might go, "Oh, let's just let's just guess it's true," or "Let's just guess it's for you know." There's yeah. there's potential there for something interesting to happen with a traitor. So I like that they put in that sneaky little one. Um, one of the other statements is some people here are not who they say they are and, and then we see Camille talking and she's saying well yeah like me which means she's obviously not told the other players about her past that that we didn't I didn't know if that was the case or not but this makes it clear she's keeping that a secret yeah, yeah I get that too yeah and we found it was that statement was funny when I saw uh, I saw it because I'm like uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some traitors, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Camille and Ian choose it though, because Camille knows it's true because she's not telling everyone about her past. And they win a silver bar. Uh, this might be a little moment to mention, actually. That, and Kate, some people might be watching that and think, well, how did production know? to put that statement that how did they know if that was true or false because they don't know what the players are going to tell one another but that's very much a, produ a produced aspect of the show um, if people go back to season one and listen to my interview with Dirk one of the contestants Dirk spoke a lot about this that he they're very much encouraged by production to have a story to tell people so Dirk was a he's a performer um, and he, he performs in cabaret and various things but he and he's an actor. He was told, "Don't tell everybody that. You just tell everyone you work in a hotel." And he didn't really have much choice about that. So all the contestants, or, or some of the contestants, are told very clearly, "You need a you need a fake backstory." So I guess that's that applies here. Camille has probably been told by production, "Don't tell people that. It will make for a great storyline. Keep that a secret." And I think Keith is probably in the same position because Keith was also an undercover cop. So I imagine yep. he's also been told it would be great if you just keep that a secret. Just give give people a fake story about your career. 
Uh, so I, I reckon that's what's going on here. Uh, one of the one of the other statements is about Payden, R.I.P. Payden. Payden is actually a former child star. It says, uh, "It's false." There's an explosion. Gloria has this hilarious line that is she only she could get away with because <laughs> because. Uh, there's an explosion in Simone's face and Gloria says in a few minutes Simone will be looking like me I died when she said this and I love that she's just giggling away at herself that was, it was so funny <laughs> um, mm -hmm. we're at a tie the Reds team have got one silver, the Blue have got one I normally don't go through the challenge in this much detail I just really enjoyed this one Okay. <laughs> um, oh I love it too it's great yeah, yeah. Another statement's about Roger. One says Roger has won a golden Logie, and a Logie is a sort of like a like an like an Australian Emmy or an Australian BAFTA, I guess, big TV awards. Sam and Luke choose it. It explodes, meaning it's not true. Roger's livid. By the end of the mission, there's uh, the red. We reach a point where red uh, red team have three silver, blue team have three silver. Uh, Annabelle and Luke uh, go next for their team. And they choose the statement that says 16 players have entered the armory. They're correct. And then on the other team, it's Keith and Ian. And they choose the statement that says a banished player left the game with a shield. But that's wrong. It's not true. There's a, there's an explosion and a hilarious like slow-mo shot <laughs> of Ian like being hit by the explosion and screaming and going down. Uh, it's, so, it's so dumb, but I just thought it was quite funny and I enjoyed it. So then we're we're on to something new for this episode, which and you know at this earlier I said it was a long episode, it was a long runtime, and I think this is why it's because we have the sh the separate uh, shield mission now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We're back at the lake. Which I, I, I every time I just assume it's the same lake. It must be, mm -hmm. uh, and it's this flaming crossbow challenge. It's kind of like the season one challenge where they had a crossbow and they had to fire uh, names on a big plat, a big board uh, yeah. that had glass in front of them, and they had to shoot other people's names. It's really the same kind of thing, just amplified. It's like level two because this time the arrow is on fire. They have to shoot their flaming arrow at boats in the lake. And each boat has the name of red team members on the sails. What maybe this is something you, you you said you were going to talk about this earlier. I I found something quite interesting when I was watching this. What would be your actual motivation for aiming for someone? Like if you're if you're aiming at someone's name, 
That means you don't want them to get the shield and you don't want them to be protected from murder. And I wonder, like, what's the what would what's your thinking behind that? It it must be someone Presumably you would aim for someone who you think the traitors are likely to murder, and so you want to keep that person alive. Or you just are aiming for the person who you think has got a really good aim, and then they, so you're just defending yourself. Does this make yeah. sense? Like I don't know what I don't know what you're aiming for. I don't know why you pick a person. Uh, I think they're probably just doing it. Um, try to save themselves from getting murdered. Yeah. Um, there was that. There's actually something that I was a little surprised. They only because if you remember from season one, the shield protects from banishment and murder and so my assumption uh was oh hey since it's out in the open it's protection from banishment and murder so i'm like perfect so and that's why it felt like they were i was like okay it kind of made sense for that yeah uh, mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. You're, it doesn't apply in, yeah. you know the banishment thing doesn't apply so and no, it just yeah it feels a little feels strange by it. fight over the shield just for the protection from murder. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> it's still fun to watch. I like, guess it's still good fun. Um, Gloria and Sam both aim for Sarah. And I, again, I'm sort of watching and thinking, like, why do you choose Sarah? Like, what makes you go for her? Sam says it's because she didn't vote for Ash at the last banishment room and, and he's pretending he's annoyed by that. And he gets her first time. He's got this amazing aim. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't know what Gloria's reason is though, and we don't really find out. Anyway, yeah. Luke admits he's going for Sam, and he's pretending that it's uh because Sam's got the best aim, and that probably is part of it. But I think he just yeah. also doesn't want Sam to get the shit. Although even that's confusing because if if he thinks that Sam's a traitor, which he is, Sam can't really do anything with the shield. So it's all just, it's a strange one. Uh, but yeah. Luke, he misses and is immediately shot down by Sam in retaliation. And then suddenly everyone uh, is going for Liam. I, I assume because he ha- he's already had the shield once, so they don't want the same person to get it twice. But then Annabelle steps in and she says in her interview, it's because he almost ruined same kind of thing um, as why Sam was going for Sarah. Annabelle says that Liam almost ruined their plan to banish Ash and that makes her quite suspicious of him. So even though Annabelle thinks Sam's a traitor, she also thinks Liam could be a traitor too. Um, But then Liam, pun intended, Liam is on fire because he, he gets Sam, Simone and Gloria all straight away by the looks of it. So it's down to Annabelle versus Liam. And Annabelle's got one of her great lines where she goes, my aim is, how do I say this? Shit. Which made me laugh. She always makes me laugh. (laughs) Yes. It's also only at this bit of the mission, or well, it's the first time I noticed, that you see a proper long shot of how far they actually are away from the boats. Like a lot of the shots make it look deceptive that they're kind of close, but they're not. They're really far away. It's it's difficult. 
Yeah, it kind of remind it when I when I was we were watching it, like it kind of looks like something that you'd see at a fair or something. Yeah, close. But then when they did that, that long shot, I'm like, oh, it's a lot, it's a lot farther than I thought. So never mind. Yeah. yeah. Do you think you would be good at this? Yes. <laughs> no hesitation. I love the confidence. You, why do you think you'd be so good? I grew up on a farm. <laughs> And and I learn I learn how to shoot bow and arrow. So okay, yeah. So no no challenge for you at all. I it shouldn't be unless I have something in my contact lens. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mm-hmm. don't feel as confident as you. I think I would. <laughs> I'd like to think I'd be good at it, but I think it would take yeah. me several practices. Like I'd really need to get go. And by the time I got the the hang of it, someone else would have shot my name already. So. Don't know if I'd last long in this. Um, so uh, what ends up happening is after we realize how difficult it is, um, Annabelle misses, Liam hits Annabelle, and Liam gets the shield again. Um, now, I, I, again, I just want to say, you, this, you're not telling me that this is, that six people walking into a cupboard in silence and not telling anyone who got the shield is better than this. I refuse so I I I claim this is so much more fun for someone to get the shield yes. than than doing it in silence and then not ever talking about it again. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not standing down from that that thought. So we head back to the hotel, and Luke Luke is out for Sam. He's sticking to this mission. He and Annabelle, uh, they're alone with Liam, and they're it's like they're trying to sort of surreptitiously suggest to Liam that maybe Sam could be a traitor. But Liam's just not not having it at all. Um, I, I, I do think that Liam's the best person to try this on because Liam is maybe quite um, malleable, so he probably yeah. could be persuaded quite easily, but it just doesn't seem to be working. Uh, Hannah also is going along with the theory that the traitors might have turned on Ash themselves. There might have been this mutiny. And then Luke explains to her that he says, well, like the main, you know, the main person gunning for Ash was uh, Sam. So he's trying to maybe get Hannah around to agree with him and Annabelle. And Hannah asks the others about, about the vote for Ash. She's saying, well, was anyone pushing back on the plans to do that? Like, who were there any traitors who maybe didn't want us to vote for Ash? Could we figure out who that was? And they speak to Liam uh, and but and Liam Liam's really stuck on Ian. He says he voted for Ian last time because he was suspicious about him, and he still is. And then there's this weird tension that arises between Ian and Liam. <laughs> Liam, we and we spoke about this a little bit earlier. Liam says, "Well, Ian doesn't ever talk about strategy, and I think he's just plain dumb." And Ian retaliates and says, <laughs> "Liam has shifty eyes at breakfast." <laughs> Uh, well, do you know what? <laughs> Why wouldn't that be your reason? Um, <laughs> Roha and Hannah are loving this. They're just sitting on the couch and they even say it's like they're watching a tennis match. They're just like going back and forth between Ian and Liam. The most unlikely rivalry ever. Like these two characters. I mean, maybe it's not unlikely. They, they seem quite different. Um, but just who would have expected them to, to be really going for each other? Liam then goes straight outside. He goes to some of the others. He tells them about his argument. And Luke's 
getting a bit annoyed, I think, because he he's like, oh, Ian and Liam, if they're going at one another, they're going to ruin my chance. So I want to get Sam out. Like, they're going to just waste their votes on each other. This isn't this isn't helping my plan to get Sam out. And Luke tries to rescue things by going and speaking to Ian. Ian's just not in the same headspace at all. He's like, if I don't, I don't, if I don't vote for Liam, I'm voting for you, Luke. So, well, the it, funny, the funny thing is, he was actually getting to the point. He's like, he's like, well, yeah, Sam kind of just brought up the name out of the blues, and and then Luke went like, so, who do you think you're going for? It's like, and starts laughing. At you, I'm like. You were right there on the precipice. Oh, Sam. Yeah. Ian, you adorable thing. I know, and I imagine, I can imagine Ian watching this in retrospect and just being like, no, just so mad at himself. Like, oh, why did I do that? Why didn't I listen to Luke? But I jump ahead. Um, We we move to the banishment room then. There are several shots of Sam Again, just looking so pleased with himself, so proud. It's so annoying. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I know it's all fun and I'm just kidding. Like, I don't, you know, Sam is probably a great guy and I'm being silly, but it's just, it's great TV to just have a villain and just be like, oh, you're so annoying. I hate you. I don't really hate him. I don't mean it. Um, (laughs) But, and he's very cute. Um, Roger asks them, all to think about what's happening. He says, look, Ash was not working alone. Who was she working with? And then he quotes Roha from The Last Banishment and says, honey, roll back the tape. I got all the receipts. I, right I... behind Roha. <laughs> I want to hear Roger just quote Roha all the time or just like quote like Drag Race, like big, handsome, straight man Roger talking about receipts is just everything to me and I love it so uh, Keith Keith actually starts the discussion and you know we don't see Keith that much and he's not really featured in the episode but he goes for it and he seems to be speaking sense he says let's not assume the traitors are all hunting together they are out to get to the end no matter what so they could easily be working against one another so I'm at this point watching this going, yes, Keith, yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. And Sam, there's a shot of Sam, and it could be edited completely out of context, but they show Sam looking very, very uncomfortable, as if he's like, oh, God, are they going to figure me out? Um, and, and again, Keith says, basically, a traitor could easily have voted for Ash. Let's just keep that in mind. Annabelle agrees. She says, I think Ash was a mutiny. She's so right. I just want everyone to listen to her. And then things take a turn because suddenly Hannah brings up Liam, as does Simone, and they do the t- they just go the complete opposite of what Keith and Annabelle were suggesting. They say, "Well, Liam, you didn't vote Ash, and we think that's really suspicious." Um, and it's so frustrating to watch. I'm like, "No, why are you going to Liam? Stop! Listen to what Annabelle just said." Um. So yeah, it's 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 frustrating. Then they move to Ian. Um, Keith says the same thing as Liam. He says that Ian that you know, as Liam said earlier on, that Ian doesn't really contribute to discussions. He doesn't strategize. <laughs> and God love Ian because Ian's just like I don't have a strategy. Like I don't know what you're talking about. What do you want me to say? I don't. I don't have any ideas. I've got no idea what's going on. 
Um, and he's, he's just being completely honest, but they're also suspicious. And I get it. I get And this game messes with your head. You don't know who to believe. You don't know if Ian's just a fantastic liar. Hannah then asks Blake what he thinks. Presumably because... I, I don't know what you think. I, I assumed it's because Blake is also very quiet. So I felt like Hannah was like, well, you're sitting there not saying anything. What do you think? Um, and I, yeah, I'd suddenly noticed, oh yeah, we haven't really seen Blake speaking much at the banishment room. That's probably not good for him. But he speaks up. like He, he responds and he speaks quite a lot. He says that he's going to go for Liam. He says he doesn't think he's a traitor. So... So far, it looks like the plan to get Sam has just completely flopped. That's just that's gone. It's not happening today. Uh, so I, I sort of wondered at this part, if you're in Annabelle and Luke's position, what do you do now? Like you're you had this plan to get Sam. It's clearly not going that way. So like, whose name are you going to write down? Uh, I. Oh boy, I probably would put either Liam. Or Ian, because if I put Sam's name down, yeah, I'm. It's gonna look suspicious, and I may get murdered that night. Uh, so I think, kind of going with the crowd, even though I would not want to whatsoever, I would have have to do it. So yeah. and, I, and actually, my vote would be for. Um, great, and I have to think about this for a second because I actually had an answer, like, nah. Ian. Okay. I would, yeah, even though he's adorable and I adore <laughs> him. Yeah, it would be Ian. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's just, you're right. They're, they're, they're not going to write down Sam. Like, they, unless they're confident other people are going to do it to it, they can't because that would just ruin them. They've got to, Sam thinks they're his friends and he's got them on side. They can't wreck that unless it's going to pay off. So yeah, they they just they just have to do what you said. They just have to go with the crowd, I guess. So the votes begin. Uh, we start off. Uh, well, we get to a point where Liam has two votes, and then Annabelle and Luke do what you said. They vote for Ian. So we've got Liam two, Ian two. The votes continue, and eventually Liam ends up with four. Uh, Sarah gets a rogue vote from Camille, which seems weird and it seems to come out of nowhere, but I quite like that Camille's not just doing what everybody else is doing. Like, it's maybe risky gameplay, but I just think yeah. it's it's good to see players just going with their instinct and being like, well, I think it's this person, here's why, and I don't really care what you all say. Sorry. Yeah, I was hoping that she wasn't going to be doing what Matt did in season one like <laughs> Teresa, Teresa, Teresa. I'm just hoping. I'm hoping Camille does not do Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be bad too. You're right. Yeah, especially if no one else is buying into it. Maybe at some point she's going to have to change that plan. Yeah. Uh, presuming she's still here next time, maybe she's going to get murdered tonight. Who knows? No, who knows? So we end up with Liam on four, Sarah on one, and poor Ian. He ends up with eight votes. So it's over to Ian. He stands up beside Roger and he just tells them, you've done it again. You're a bunch of dumbasses. I'm a faithful. Uh, and they're gutted. They can't believe they've done it. Uh, but at least they, they give Ian a clap and they wave him off. But there's just this sort of, it feels like a really sour mood. 
I thought Liam looked like he was ready to cry. He looked really upset. Yes. He he was yeah, he he looked stunned, looked like he was gonna cry. He he looked I like Oh, dude, I feel a little bad for you. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, me too. That's what I wrote. I, I actually feel bad for mm-hmm. Liam that yeah. even though he just voted for you and you can see that he regrets it so much and he's probably thinking, this is my fault because I talked about you and I've made other people vote for him too and look what I've done. I think he just... I think Liam has no clue about... You know, I just think he's completely lost. He picked one person that he didn't really speak to it caught on and he feels awful about it now. So it's it's tough to see. Mm-hmm. Annabelle and Luke have a little hug as they leave the room. I think it's quite sweet because if we think back to episode one, Annabelle was like a Luke stan coming in. She just saw him as the celebrity and she was so excited when she met him, I think, at the train station. It's, so it's nice to see now they're actually friends and they, they've yeah. buddied up. That must be so cool for her to like have this guy be your our survivor hero and now she's hugging him in a tv show it's cute mm-hmm. um so they're really tight they seem like they probably trust each other entirely and they've still got their eyes on sam of course i mean can you imagine what if one of them gets recruited at some point and they have to then start betraying the other i mean that would be so juicy to watch but yeah I would love to watch that, but also you could tell it would just be eating them up inside. Yeah, yeah. Oh really my god! Tough. Yeah. We go to Traitor's Tower then, and we've got you know Sam and Blake. It's only those two left, and they're talking about whether or not they want to recruit tonight because they didn't recruit last night. And then they start discussing possible murders. Sam, uh, Sam says this thing. He says he talks about Annabelle, and he says Annabelle's right under my pinky. And I'm shouting at the screen, no, she's not. Ha ha, you fool. So well, I actually, yeah, what I said was like, oh, sure, Jan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a sure Jan moment. Uh, but I'm glad, I'm like, I'm happy. I'm like, I don't want yeah. Sam. It's terrible because there's no reason for me not to want a traitor to win. But it's just the cockiness that's so annoying that I'm like, <laughs> I want Sam to get things wrong. Blake suggests murdering Luke next because he says no one... I think his his theory is that would be really good for Sam because Sam and Luke are really seem seem on the surface to get on really well, even though Luke secretly knows Sam's a traitor. So Blake's saying, well, if we murder Luke, no one will suspect that you would have done that to your friend. So that might be a good choice. And also Luke's... He's popular. He's confident, he's outspoken, um, he's smart, so maybe it's just a good idea to get rid of him. They also talk about Roja, and similarly, they say, well, he's a really big personality, and they think that that would shock the other players for him to suddenly be gone, and that's what they want. They want to shock the faithfuls, they want the faithfuls to always be confused. And we end the episode basically on that note. It's looking like they're going to, if they're going to murder someone, it's going to be Luke or Roja. What do you, we, we, I get, we haven't seen, we're kind of watching this in real time, which is nice. So we haven't seen the next episode genuinely. Alan, have you, 
got any theory for it. Do you think they'll recruit or do you think they'll murder? Oh, to be honest, I think they're going to murder uh, because it feels like they didn't bring up anyone or did any inkling of a recruitment. Um, maybe yeah. they did talk about it and it's just edited out. We didn't see it. But what we saw, I don't think they did. Um, but I think they're going to murder. And while I'm gathering, this is my opinion, I think they're going to murder Luke. Okay. That's 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 what I think. And like I said, we haven't seen the next episode because it's not, it hasn't aired yet. So Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you that they're probably going to murder for the for the reason you said just based on like editing clues there's not because there was so much focus on the discussion about Blake and Roha that makes me think oh you know the in terms of a TV show they're leading us in a certain direction they're giving us a storyline to to make us think about next episode so because they didn't talk about recruiting anyone i don't think they're going to do it and i i'm going to disagree with you i think they'll kill Roha um, I think Luke would be the smart choice. I think they probably should kill Luke. I think that would be wise for them. But I just have an inkling that Sam thinks Luke likes him. Like, you know, he does like him, but I think Sam is so confident. He thinks Luke's on his side. Like, you know, early, he's a, a few minutes ago, he said, Annabelle's right under my pinky. I think he thinks the same thing about Luke. So he might want to keep Luke around because he thinks he's got a little crew, whereas maybe Roha isn't isn't on his. He doesn't, he doesn't seem like he spends lots of time with Roha. Maybe they don't get on. Yeah. So he's just like he's disposable to me. He's no use to me. That's my thought. Mm. Overall, then episode four. What 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 did you think of this as a whole? Oh, that was a fantastic episode. It was so good. I, it was definitely edge of my seat to be honest with you um and i was i was hoping they would get rid of sam because um <laughs> i did because they did on instagram traders australia did do little teasers like will another beat trader be eliminated this episode and i'm like oh, <laughs> are they gonna get rid of sam and uh no i don't know they didn't but yeah, so I, re I really, really, really love this episode. I, that it's, it's this season is really becoming one of my favorites. It's I'm enjoying it yeah. so much, and I love this yeah. episode. I <laughs> felt at this banishment room, there was I, I, I in, in episode three as well with Ash. I felt a real sense of excitement that reminded me of the first time I watched the UK Traitors and the first time I watched Traitors Australia season one that real visceral palpable tension and excitement that is just so yeah. it just makes such great tv so I, I was getting those feelings again um so i and i just can't wait to see the next episode um yeah loving it loving yeah, the too. loving the people love the casting mm -hmm. i think they've done a good job oh yeah no. it's kind of what i wanted the american um version to be but because you know that they, they had their mix of celebrities so this is what i this is how i wanted it to play out but you know the american tv <laughs> different story yeah i i guess maybe what i've noticed is even though that and maybe this is just because i'm from the uk but then this would apply to the u.s traitors as well i i don't really know any of these 
celebrities. So I don't. No. So maybe I'm biased, but I feel like there hasn't been that much emphasis played or placed on the fact that some of them have TV backgrounds. I feel like I it almost doesn't matter, and I'm and I'm just sort of generally watching a cast of people who don't know each other come together. Whereas, and I re- I I really liked the US Traitors as well. I thought the finale was absolutely fantastic, but I was very aware when I was watching US Traitors that some of the contestants were famous and were playing the game very differently and maybe were sort of banding together as celebrities. I've, I felt the divide between celebrities and non-celebrities was a bit more pronounced yeah. in the US one. That, that was That was my feeling. So, Alan, before we conclude our game, The Trader Traitor, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about where we can find you online, where can we keep up with you, what what should we know about what's going on with you? Okay, well, recently I got, I am going to be back going at to Valley Fair. Um, it's a, a, fa- a family amusement park here in the Twin Cities. Sister Park is Knott's Berry Farms so, or Canada's Wonderland, so if anyone knows about them, um, and also it's up at Knobos, Knobos too, in, Connect- in Kentucky. Uh, I'm going to be part of their Halloween Tricks and Treats event. I'm going to be, this is my second time playing Pierre Lascaire. I helped create a bare bones version of him with the team last year, and they asked me to come back this year. So I'm very happy about that. Um, so you can find me at Valley Fair this season. Um, the Every weekend, um, starting the 20th, 3rd of September through October 29th, uh, 10 a.m. to, no wait, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. So you'll find me as Pierre Lascaire, the French ghostly artist who will be asking for your help because he's a ghost and can't use his hands. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's you can awesome. Also, yeah. And you can also find me on social media on, um, as Alan on his way on Instagram, Facebook, Threads, um, X, Twitter, um myspace um <laughs> friendster no uh, uh, but yeah basically every social media has Alan as well and then yeah and if you still want to follow a demonic dolly sarah the dolly as we talked about in the last time i was here she's still on instagram um she's updated a couple times so i'll need to do a little more well i mean she does uh but yeah you can ask where you can find me excellent i'll put the links to the social media and the episode description yeah, I, if there wasn't an Atlantic Ocean between us, I would be coming to see you as a French ghost. So I'll be, I'll be there. No pun intended. I'll be there in spirit. Oh, thank so, you. We've been playing our game, the Trader Traitor. Ah. We've been trying to lie to one another throughout this episode. We've been trying to betray one another. I have told you a lie, Alan, while we've been speaking. Have you lied to me? Yes. Okay. I I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what you lied about. I I normally when people speak, I notice something here and there. I write a little note down. And I didn't write anything down. I made no notes. Nothing occurred to me. So I'm really thinking on the spur of the moment. I. Um, I, I'm going to just have to guess something that I don't even think is a lie, but I just have no idea. Where are you lying? 
You said you said your partner's name is Mark. Is that a lie? No, his name is Mark. Okay. Yes, his name is Mark. Yeah. I yeah, that's. I'm I'm okay. You're gonna have to tell me what did you lie about? Okay, Knobles is actually not a sister park to Valley Fair. Um, well, do you know what I? I don't feel bad because I it's not even like I was close to it. I would never even guess that. So it's not like, oh, yeah. that was my next guess. No idea. Absolutely <laughs> no fine. idea. So well done. You betrayed me very well. You were so deceptive. You got away with that. Any idea what I lied to you about? Um, yes, I think I do. I did jot it down. No. Um, I think it was um, Roger. Well, it wasn't an Obi. It was a Golden Globe. That's what I thought you lied about. That was not my lie. The oh. The award was called a Golden Logie, and that is a real thing, and it's an Australian award. So oh, the funny thing is... The absolute truth. The funny thing is the captions on the TV said Golden Globe. So. Oh, then the captions are wrong. The, the captions are wrong. That's fine. I, I'm wrong. <laughs> I'll, the Logies are it. real. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I will take that. <laughs> I don't know then. I don't know. You you were you've been played by the subtitles. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Damn him. My lie then I'll reveal it was I I I I really should be ashamed because I'm I'm so sneaky with these lies, right? <laughs> Very early on it was one of the first things we'd barely begun talking about the episode and I told you a lie straight away. I said that this was a really long episode, which it was. Yeah. And I said that it was an hour and eight minutes long, and that was a lie. It was actually, I think it's an hour and Nine. four minutes long, or five. Oh, four or five. okay, yeah. So I added an extra <laughs> few minutes to exaggerate it. Um, and I guess I got away with it. <laughs> yeah, good job. Good job. <laughs> well, do you know what? We're I've... both good liars. We tricked each other. <laughs> We'd be good traitors. We should be yes. traitors. Mm-hmm. Alan, thank you so, so much for joining me. It's always brilliant to speak to you. It's great to have you back. I, you, hope, I hope that you will come back again sometime in the future. Oh, definitely. I'll definitely love to come back. So thank you so much. And glad to be here again, Matthew. Brilliant. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, faithful trader listeners. Thank you for joining me for the episode four deep dive with my returning guest co-host, the lovely Alan Brandt. Before I finish today, I want to give a shout out to a couple of people I don't think I've mentioned since the first season of the podcast, and that is the designers of the artwork and the music for The Trader. I found both of these talented people on Fiverr.com, that's F-I-V-E-R-R.com, a site where you can find creative freelancers for any job you can think of, pretty much. I'm not sponsored by Fiverr, I wish. I just really like the site. I use Fiverr myself for beta reading and proofreading work, so if you have any fiction that needs some constructive feedback, send it my way. The podcast artwork was created by Hussein, and his username is at Nish Design. That's at N-I-S-H-D-E-S-I-G-N underscore on Fiverr, and you can check out all the other really cool podcast covers he's created. Secondly, the Tradar intro and outro themes were created by Rikuo, and their Fiverr username is just that, at R-I-K-K-U-O. 
So if you're thinking of starting a podcast, I know a couple of listeners and co-hosts have spoken to me about this, then I highly recommend the folks who helped me out for a very reasonable cost. Speaking of costs, if you want to help me keep the podcast going, you can visit coffee.com slash Matthew Keeley and make a donation, little or large, and that helps me with the editing software, monthly costs, Zoom subscription, and general countless hours that this all takes, which is metaphorically rewarding, but not financially. And the link for that is in the episode description. I'll be recording the episode 5 and 6 deep dives this very week, and they'll hopefully be available before the next few episodes of the show air in Australia. Until next time, thanks so much for listening, and stay faithful. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.